to the Home and Away podcast. I'm Caleb Lawrence, joined as always by my co-host and brother, Jacob Lawrence. Kavi, how are we doing on this fine Sunday, sir? Oh, man. You know, I'm doing great. Um, I can't complain. Living life. I feel like I look a little rough right now, but, um, you know, our clocks did go forward um, in the middle of the night, and I was still awake. And so 2 a.m. turned to 3 a.m., which turned to 6 a.m. very quick. Um, <laughs> so, so you could say I, I was indeed up till 6 a.m. last night. So maybe that's why I look rough, but I feel great. That's crazy. Um, this will be a quick one today. Just wanted to hop on, give, give a couple updates. Uh, f- first thing is, for those of you who might notice that it's the same background, uh, the plan was for Cobb to be traveling back to the States last week. Uh, didn't happen. Uh, so we, we still wanted to get out two pods this week, although one's probably going to be about 15 minutes or so. Uh, but, but just wanted to get it out there and uh, kind of give an update. I, I know people probably had some questions on you tweeting out that you were going to be back in the States uh, and, w- and what that was all about. And I think the deep dive on that is for another podcast. But uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for, for now, if you just want to give like a quick update on, on everything that's going on with that and, and when you do plan on being back in the States. So like like you said, there's definitely a lot that has gone into um, these last couple of weeks, this last month, really, in general, it's been quite a roller coaster with um not knowing what's going to go on trying to decide if I'm going to come home or stay or what the word is and then the club telling me you know we're going to send you home this week and then not getting sent home when I I was waiting on a flight so um it's been it's been a roller coaster but on April 1st I got a flight so I'm actually flying home flying from here to Paris Paris to Atlanta Atlanta to STL and I'll be back in the states um it actually works out a little better this way uh, with the travel time because like all the other flights were like 33 hour travel days with like overnight uh, layovers so um, it was it was going to be a, a rough a rough trip taking one of those other trips last week but I mean I was just excited to get back home honestly I, I, I was just ready I was ready to get back home but you know I'll be back on Thursday night so um excited to be back and I can't wait and got some more things in store for you guys on Thursday as well for sure um so so yeah like like we said it's he'll be home uh a lot that went into it and and there'll definitely be a deep dive episode into that very soon I would say um just want to make sure that we make it back safe and sound first uh but but once that is is the case then I think we go into that a little bit more but we could just touch on a couple other things going on right now. Uh, I mean, mainly in the sports stratosphere, it's March Madness. Uh, it's been a very entertaining tournament, in my opinion, so far. Obviously, my bracket, if anybody, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you listen to our other ones. So uh, my bracket is absolute dog trash. But uh, all my guys, after the first two days plus one game all four of my final four teams were gone so all four who was your fourth i had three teams losing the first round and then i had illinois Mm. lose the first game of the second round (laughs) yeah you had a team losing the playoff game and i told you they were going to lose in the playoff game yeah or the playing game 
that's what happens. You know, you, you get on these podcasts, you know, and, and you, you just start going with stuff that you wish could maybe happen and think it might be cool. And then all of a sudden you're picking Michigan state and Virginia in the final four. And obviously Ohio state and Illinois, and nobody really saw those coming to be, to be out that early, but yeah. uh, huge shout out to oral Roberts a team out of the summit league. I've seen them play a few times this year and they're a really exciting team to watch. I, I mean, just last night they lost uh, to Arkansas in a game that they very easily could have won. And I think it would have been really exciting to see a 15 go to the elite eight. Like that would have been sweet, but uh, an absolutely amazing run by them and put a lot of guys on to uh, Max Asmus and, and O'Banner. And those are, those dudes can get after it. You know, they can hoop. Yeah, those dudes are they go. They go for sure. Shout out to the players in the in the team. Um, or Roberts University as a whole, you know, that's something for another day. But uh <laughs> the university itself, eh, we're okay on it, but but for the team and the players, I mean, that's that's dope. And that's I mean, I wouldn't I guess it's not unprecedented because you know, 15s have made it like with Dunk City with Florida Gulf Coast, uh, they made it. And it was heartbreaking to see them lose last night to Arkansas. Uh, they were right there, man. Um, but like Caleb said, my bracket is also busted. Uh, my, my bracket is toast. So um, I think I might have Caleb maybe beat a little bit right now uh, just because he had has no Final Four teams left. And I think I had Michigan in my Final Four, and they're still alive. So, um one thing I will say is my prediction that I made, I said the Big Ten is the best conference in basketball, blah, blah, blah. We said the Big Ten will show out. We were on the Big Ten. We were, we were, we were on the Big Ten heavy, and they have showed out in the opposite way that we thought. They have showed out in a negative way. And the Pac-12, which nobody assumed, the conference's champions, as Bill Walton would say, um, has been absolutely dominant and has been incredible. Uh, that game between Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State, I was really pulling for Loyola, but that Oregon State defense, man, is a problem. And I think, like, they could legitimately legitimately make the Final Four. I mean, that team just plays defense, and they switch up the zone in the man-to-man, and it's going to be it's gonna be a fun tournament to watch. And honestly, once I make these bracket picks, and I made a bracket pick here, and I made a couple other brackets, but once the tournament actually starts – I always root for the underdog, right, no matter if I right. pick the upset or not. I root for the upset every single game just because right. that's who I am. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm rooting for the upset unless it's like a team that I really like. You know what I'm saying? Like, you obviously don't yeah, want like Florida. the Gators. Like, yeah, you don't want yeah. Florida to get upset or something. Like, I, I, I'm not a guy who wants Virginia to get upset. But other than that, like, yeah, I'm not an Ohio State fan. I, I want them to get beat by Oral Roberts. I don't care if they were in my final four. Like, sorry, Mark, but I just need that to happen. That's amazing. And it makes it way more exciting. Like, when we get to March, I just want mass chaos to happen. And this March has been, like, the epitome of that. I know things are, like, settling in in some regions where one seeds are advancing and stuff like that. But but overall, I think it's been just absolute chaos. And that's, I mean, if you're a fan of basketball, I think that's what you're looking for in in March Madness is to see these crazy rides. Yeah, I think that's the best part about the game. And, like, with college basketball, it's just so much more unpredictable than the pros, I feel like. Because these kids can just come out of nowhere and make a name for themselves in March and just show out. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously, Asmus was the leading scorer in the country and O'Banner was averaging like 19 in his own right. But without this tournament, nobody probably, I mean, 
they wouldn't have been a household name like they are now, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's awesome for those kids and it's cool to see. Um, and man, I don't even know, like, who do you think, who do you think's winning the tournament? I think at this point, honestly, like it has to be Gonzaga or Baylor to, right. to win it all. To me, I, I'm taking Gonzaga. I, I mean, they're, they've looked extremely impressive, right? People had questions. They about, have, yeah. They, people had questions about like, oh, they don't play anybody. The same stuff you say every year. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a, uh, it's the thing where it was with Virginia a couple years ago, right? It's until they, until they win it, I'm not going to say they win it is what a lot of people say, but like they're too good to not get it done in my opinion, eventually. So yeah, I, I think if any year, this is the year that they go ahead and get it done. And I mean, I'd be extremely excited to see that. Um, like I, I remember back in like middle school, we were, we, we had some like Gonzaga shorts and stuff. So like, um, Mark, Mark Few is a great coach. They're an exciting team to watch. I mean, they're like the epitome of like building a program the right way and and having sustained success out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So so I kind of I love to see that. And um, I know you touched on people building stock uh, out of the tournament. And I don't think there's been anyone in the tournament building stock more than than our guy Austin Reeves. I mean, he. Uh, he went from fringe possible draft pick to now they're looking at it being in the top 40 and that's, that's an unreal jump. And, and, and a guy who, yeah. like, like we've talked about before, we feel like there wasn't 60 guys that were draft eligible in college that were better than him, but uh, to see him kind of getting that recognition and notoriety now to where it looks like he he's very possibly is going to be an NBA draft pick is, is extremely exciting. Yeah. And the thing about him, uh, is he's just like he's such a like a cool dude like down to earth like great friend you know uh like if if someone random met him and had no idea who he was like would have probably no idea that you know he could be a a draft pick in this year's draft that he was like a great basketball player the way he is um you know uh it was sad to see him go down because you know being roommates with his brother, with his older brother, Spencer, um, even whenever he was at Wichita and we were both at UCM, watched basically every single one of his games with Spencer. And then last year in Spain, me and Spencer played on the same team. And that was Austin's first year back because he had to take the the year off and then came back. So I watched almost every single one of his games last year. We were getting up at like, we were staying up to like five to watch his games. And then this year, I can't lie, I didn't watch as many, but honestly, out of college basketball, they were the team I was watching the most out of anybody for sure. Um, and so I'm just excited to see what the next step is for him. And like you said, he went from like a hundred and something on like the draft rankings, like eligible players to now I think he's like 40th. So that's a huge leap in, he finally got the respect we feel like he deserved and maybe one day we'll get him on the pod to talk about it a little bit. Um, but great kid, great player. Um, can't wait to see what happens for him. And I saw actually something that they ranked like the best defenders in college basketball and Jalen Suggs was the number one rated defender like in the country this year. And so I think that was part of maybe why they jumped him so high up on those boards because he had 27 on, you know, the best defender in the country per se. So, I mean, shout out to him, shout out to Oklahoma, man. Uh, hopefully next shout year to, uh, we can see, we can see Austin in a, in an NBA Jersey. Right. Shout out, shout out to Lon ending uh, a, a great career, a great run at, at Oklahoma for him, uh, former Illinois head coach, uh, 
congratulations on retirement. I know you'll probably never hear this. You don't know who we are <laughs> at all, but but congratulations uh, on on a, on a great career. Uh, yep. By all by all accounts, from what I've heard, one of the best people in college basketball. Uh, a guy who, like, very straightforward, like doesn't curse, super welcoming. Um, the, one of the cool things about his program at Oklahoma is is essentially every single one of their practices is open to the public, and very rarely, if ever, do you have that take place in in college basketball. Everything's kind of hush hush and secret a little bit, and to be at a place like Oklahoma and just be like, yeah, anybody can come to our practices anytime is, is crazy. So uh, I know when they made their final four run, he was continuing that uh, back with Buddy Heald. And like they they were having like hundreds and thousands of people showing up at their practices, uh, like students to watch them practice. So and, and he just kind of welcomed it and took it in stride. So that's that's really cool. And good to see a guy like that uh, have a good last season and, and, and kind of go out the right way. Yeah, I think uh along with that I think like you know he would have the the kids kind of go in and like thank the people for coming and stuff like that and I don't know I, that is that is a pretty dope thing like I, I love that about his program and um I hope to see that continue maybe with the next Oklahoma coach or I would like to see more coaches do stuff like that you know but like you said it's hush hush nobody wants to give out their secrets but at the end of the day everybody knows what you're trying to do Right. I mean, they know your game plan coming in. They know how you're going to play. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is, what it is, honestly, if they see a practice or not. Um, I don't think it's really the end of the world if they send a spy in, you know? So, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, uh, what, one last thing I think we need to touch on tournament wise uh, comes out of the division two NCAA tournament. Uh, Northwest Missouri state absolutely routes who was a West Texas A&M. Yeah, West Texas A&M. Um, and the Northwest Missouri State, man, is – like, that is a different breed of college basketball, right? So, um, that is a team that I would find to be legitimately competitive with – to be completely honest, this team this year, the majority of the teams in the Sweet 16. Like, I, I know people might think that's yeah. insane, but the way that they play, like, they're never outside themselves at all. Right. So like, they're not a team that's going to just get completely overwhelmed by some of these guys, like athletically, are they the same? No, they're not, but you don't have to necessarily have the same caliber of athlete to compete because they know how to play. They play the right way. And like, they're so efficient and they play team defense so well that like, I don't think a lot of teams at the division one level even see that they're, they, they, they scrap and they claw and they, and they hit shots. And like, every time you think you might have an inch on them, they just shut it down right away. It, it, it's insane. And to see them just go in and absolutely blow out the other team in, uh, in the national championship really puts, shows a mark of not only how good uh, division two college basketball is because, because you do get teams like that. And it's, it's not like, yeah, they, they've run through and won most of their games, but like, they've also lost a couple games. So there are teams in division two level that can beat them and, and to show mm -hmm. how good division two basketball is. And, and especially them, they're an unreal brand of basketball and they've been doing it for years now. It's not like it was a one-off thing. Yeah. And being a UCM guy, you know, repping, repping my squad always. Um, I think whenever you go to UCM, like, 
<laughs> like you're kind of told like you know that that's like your rival or whatever because I think you know maybe they're just the two biggest programs and the ones with the most recent success with UCM having the 2014 national championship and then uh with Northwest winning three out of the last five um but honestly whenever I was there it wasn't much of a rivalry it was more just us getting our heads bashed in a lot so it kind of sucked <laughs> it sucked in that regard um the thing that just like annoys me about division two basketball is that you have a team like Northwest and you have a conference like the MIAA that's to me the best conference in division two basketball hands down and I don't even think I don't even think it can be like argued now whenever you have Northwest beating Flagler, Flagler by 30 and then beating West Texas A&M in the championship by 30 like I don't think it can be argued now that the MIAA is the best conference in basketball because you look at Northwest, they got beat twice, I think, during the season, once in the regular season, once in the conference tournament by Washburn. Right. And that team didn't even make the lead eight because you know what? They have to play in the same region as Northwest because right. that's how D2 works. So I think if you're looking at Division II basketball, a year like this year, especially, or even years in the past, whenever like, you know, Missouri Southern had great teams and Washburn has had the great team this year and Northwest is great as always. Like you could be looking at like multiple teams probably from the MIAA in the final four. If, if it was structured like the division one tournament is where anybody can go to any region. And I think it's just kind of sad that like a lot of those kids um, and it speaks to the greatness of what they've built there at Northwest that like a lot of those like teams, like the Washburn team this year, I mean, they could have been a national championship contender, but they never really had a shot to even go for it with Northwest being there. I mean, they beat them. Obviously they felt like they could beat them again and win the regional, but um, it's just like hard. It's, it's hard with them just having that reign of uh, dominance um, and uh it's unreal. And, and to me, they would be, like you said, you know, some of these teams that are in the Sweet 16, there's no doubt in my mind that they're a better team than Oral, Oral Roberts. I mean, Oral, Oral, Oral right. Roberts had a great run and got hot at the right times. But right. if you look at their team side by side, like matchups wise, to me, Northwest is right. better than Oral Roberts right. at almost every position. Like, like, I don't know. So it's, it's crazy to think about as a division two team. And um, honestly, it, it's a program that I think I hope they stay division two kind of, because, you know, that's kind of their niche and like where they belong, I feel like, and like where they're going to have a ton of success and be able to just dominate for years to come. But if they went to division one, I think it's a team that could build themselves into a mid major and, and become successful in, and not only basketball and football too. Right. So, right. um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm still pissed about my sophomore year. We went 20 and nine. And three, we were the second team, second ranked team in the MIAA. This is how disrespectful of the rest of the country is in the MIAA. We're the second ranked team in the MIAA. We have nine losses, 20 wins. We make it to the conference tournament final and lose to Northwest. And that was our, that was our ninth loss on the season. Three of our nine losses on the season was to Northwest. And they went undefeated and won a natty that year. And they only put one MIAA team in the, in the NCAA tournament. So for that, I'm still pissed at the NCAA committee, and that needs to change because we definitely would have been a tournament team two years that I was at UCM uh, if it was different. Right, and and so even expanding out of the MIAA, right, the central region, uh, I wish I could find the tweet because uh, I saw it yesterday, but the central region has won something insane, like 
I want to say it was like five out of the last seven national championships or seven out of the last nine Probably. or something crazy like that. Cause I mean, the thing is like you get almost in the last, we'll say even the last five years, right. You get legitimate national championship matchups when you get Northern state from the Northern sun playing Northwest Missouri state um, yep. in like the round of 16 or whatever. Right. So that's, like us that's the central region tournament final and those two teams would most likely be one seeds if the if like yeah. the seeding was done properly throughout the country the way it does is in the division one level like division one level yeah I, I feel like if you look at northwest games that they've had in the in the regional and then in the elite eight like in the runs i feel like the most competitive games they've had have been in the regional yes like not yes. even in the elite eight like especially this year they 30 they 30 ball the team in the final four bro and then 30 ball the team in the championship like that's that's just unreal looking back obviously this year you had northwest last year no tournament northwest would have won the tournament don't don't come at me saying anything different yeah they probably would have won it that year too even though hey you know who got them you know who got them last year the mules mules. yes sir (laughs) got them Uh, last year man uh year 2019 you had northwest uh 2018 you had fair state uh not out of the central region but guess who was the runner-up northern state out of the central region uh 2017 you had northwest 2016 you had augie out of the central region uh then 2015 you had florida southern obviously not out Mm. of the central uh but then you had 2014 ucm 2013 it's not a central region team but it's it's another team out of the state of missouri you have drury winning so like yeah like i mean the 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 midwest in general is 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 unbelievable when it comes to uh college basketball and i'll even say like the state of missouri they're such high quality teams i believe truman went to the elite eight this year like yeah they did uh, it's it's unreal the quality of of teams that you get coming out of the MIAA, the central region in general, the GLBC, GLBC, like it's, it's very, very high quality basketball. And I think we had coach rich on early in the, in the podcast. uh, And his thing was like, ask, ask your low level, mid-level division one teams, if they want to come play us in a game, the answer is probably going to be no. Like, I know even yeah. when I was at Lindenwood, like we weren't, we weren't a tournament team. Even uh, we, we had, we had a chance at one point, like we, we started the season really well and then fell off, but like nobody would play us in exhibition games. Cause nobody wanted to play a team that was coached by Brad Soderberg. Right. Like nobody wanted to score, score low and possibly lose a game because they couldn't score against the pack line. So like you get, you get these extremely high level coaches and, and, no doubt about it. Benny Mack to me is a high level coach. He's, he's like a high major coach to me. And the fact that he's still coaching division two, unless it's the fact that he just loves Northwest and, and wants to keep yeah. winning championships. The fact that he's still in division two is unbelievable. Literally, because to me too, is he's not only a good coach with the X's and O's and he runs the perfect sets for the guys that he has, but he also is incredible at building a program and building a culture. It seems like, because the guys that he recruits literally are just the – they come in and, you know, they're maybe a little under-recruited, maybe undersized like Justin Pitts or like Trevor Hudgens, and they come in and they're just 
perfect for his system and exactly what he wants. And every single dude that he recruits just has a burner, I guess. Like it's just a, <laughs> you have to have a burner to go to Northwest. So, um, I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 a uh, it's crazy the stuff that he's doing over there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I used to be a hater, like in college, just cause you know, you're taught to hate him. But honestly, right now I just got a lot of respect for him and, uh, really just like makes me proud to be a part of that conference and uh, just to be like associated with them in, in a way, even if it's a small way, um, because man, the things that they're doing are unprecedented at, at any level of college basketball, really. Absolutely. And, and the last thing I want to touch on before, uh, before we go into uh, just kind of wrapping this up or whatever is uh, touching on one more D2 basketball thing, the level of division two basketball, right? So uh a lot of people might think that that high level division two program might not translate well to the division one level. And I think the the perfect litmus test for this is, is Bellerman, right? A very, very yeah. high level division two program who made the switch to division one this year. Um, so in their little, their transition year to division one, they're playing in the a sun. And let me give you a 14 and eight overall record with a 10 and three conference record. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that's first year as a division one team. Yeah. Right. So it's not like they've been building this division one roster. This is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the exact roster they brought over from division two and they go 10 With and three recruits, in their conference, you know? Yeah. Right. And they go 10 and three in their conference. So I, yeah. I, I don't want to hear any nonsense saying that division two teams can't defeat, can't compete at, at the division one level. And are they playing in the ACC? Absolutely not. Are they playing in the big 12? No, but I mean, they're in, a division one conference, which some of y'all out there think is all that matters. Right. And, uh, yeah. and they're, they're smacking everybody and they're uh, again, for all intents and purposes, a division two team. That's what they were for yeah. X amount of years leading up to this. I think if you, I think even if you look at a little bit of a better conference, like uh, the Missouri Valley, which I mean, had two tournament teams and like got a team that got an at-large bid this year in Drake um and then obviously had Loyola who made it to Sweet 16 I think if you look if you take Northwest team their exact team right now and implant them in the Missouri Valley Conference there's no doubt in my mind they finished top three no, they're probably no they're, yeah. they're maybe right behind they're maybe right behind Drake and Loyola or they're competing with those guys right. in my opinion just from watching both teams play a lot and seeing them play the last few years I there's no there's no doubt in my mind and, and if you really want to argue just i'll tell you this just go look up whenever northwest played duke what was that last year right. in the exhibition game go look go, go look that up and that was whenever duke was actually you know a decent team last year right and check i think their, check their what, I, yeah i don't think they lost by that much and i think trevor hudgens had like 26 and coach k came out saying you know this is a high major point guard he's playing division two right now so i mean they've got the players and they've got the talent and they've got the coaching and uh it's just the things they've been doing is crazy and um you know, I'm still pulling for uh, my UCM boys to get there uh, one day. I got faith in them. Uh, I think it's going to take some time, but uh, maybe one day, you know, they'll be at that same level. For sure. For sure. And I, I mean, again, we went a little longer than expected, but it, it's always fun to just get on and, and chop it up, especially some stuff we're, we're passionate about. But uh, that, that's all I got for today. Cobb, you had anything else before we, before we took off? No, that's all I got for today. Uh, I think this is coming out on Tuesday and then uh, – Keep your eyes peeled because Thursday we got a little uh, MLB opening day special for you guys. It's been a little bit since we talked about baseball, um, but that was really fun. So uh, that's that's coming Thursday. Um, be on the lookout. 
Um, if you haven't already, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Music. Uh, give us a follow on our socials at Home and Away Podcast. And then on Twitter at Home Away Pod. Um, man, we're just having fun with it. We're trying to keep it going. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Sir, peace. Thank you.